Since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, millions of Americans faced a two-part struggle, staying healthy and staying employed. Thanks for tuning in to season two of the Texas Public Policy Foundation's Road to Recovery podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Davis-Valdez, policy analyst with the Next Generation Texas team, where I focus on career and technical education and workforce development issues. Throughout the season, we'll be joined by business owners, educators, and experts who are finding innovative ways to help Texans of all ages prepare for and find great jobs in the post-COVID economy. Let's dive in. Welcome to this episode of The Road to Recovery from the Texas Public Policy Foundation. Today, I'm joined by Tracy Berry, Superintendent of Schools with the Excel Center for Adults here in Austin, Texas. I also have the privilege of being joined by one of the students of the Excel Center, Iris Molina. Welcome, ladies. Thanks for having us, Erin. I'd like to get us started this, this, uh, this afternoon by asking you, Tracy, to tell us a little bit about the mission of the Excel Center and what it's about and who it serves and, and, and just in general, what you, uh, what you hope that people can know about it. Well, thank you. Uh, it's my favorite subject to talk about. Uh, the Excel Center is actually the only public adult high school uh, in the state of Texas. We uh, serve individuals 18 through 50, and we accept everyone. And I think that's really important um, that we believe in second chances, that their students have dropped out of school for so many different reasons. And our goal is to re-engage them in their education, to create um, opportunities for them to pursue their next steps. So that's career, that is uh, college. It's to better take care of their families, to have options to move forward in a world that for many of them has failed them. And for us uh, as a state, I think this is a great opportunity for us to create those opportunities for people who have been left behind. And we're, I think we're seeing that more and more. And um, we have a great opportunity to set examples for children and to create a strong workforce. It's fantastic. I'd like to kick it over to Iris. Iris, tell us about um, what brought you to the Excel Center. What brought me to the Excel Center was um, the fact that I was working um, a nine to five job wasn't making much. Um, I have six kids and I just felt like it was time for a change, you know? I needed to do something better. Um, and so I did. I applied. Uh, about two weeks, not even two weeks later, I got approved, started the very next day, and everything's changed since then. Wow. So when, when you say you started within two weeks, mm -hmm. tell me about that process a little bit. So you, you found the application. I applied online. Mm -hmm. um, about a week and a half, maybe, I heard from Miss Wendy. Um, and I think I was scheduled on like a Wednesday and I started like on a Thursday. Wow. Yeah, it was real fast. It was real fast. That's marvelous. Mm -hmm. um, Tracy, tell us a little bit about what makes that possible for students to enter uh, school so quickly. 
So the one thing uh, about the Excel Center is we truly are a high school designed for adults and all that comes with that. And that means that if somebody makes that brave choice to come back to school, which is, it's hard to, 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 to make that decision that we wanna make it as easy as possible. Mm -hmm. And so we have nine different entry points through the year so that once they make that decision, we can get them in school as quickly as possible. We know that waiting a period of time, you know, we don't want there to be that cooling off period where they start second guessing themselves because that happens very easily. And so we wanna give them all the support that they can in order to actually um, engage in their education and then through that process identify what barriers they might have, whether it's transportation or childcare, um, and, and help solve them so that they can be successful. Great. Iris, you mentioned that when you started uh, at the Excel Center, everything changed. Mm -hmm. So walk me through that. Can you give me some examples of some things that changed? You know, when you came into the school, did you have a lot of credits behind you? What was your situation? I didn't. When I came in, I only had two credits. Um, and now I am actually fixing to graduate in June. Um, last summer, I got my certification in nursing assistant. Mm -hmm. So I'm a CNA now. Um, when before I was only making $9 an hour, now I'm making $20, $25 an hour. That's fantastic. So you're telling me that when you came into the Goodwill Center, not only did you only have two credits and you're gaining credits now, but you also got a certification that raised your income by two and a, two wait, and a, two half. And a times mm -hmm. over. Mm -hmm. If my math is right, that's yeah. incredible. Now, I think we're going to talk about this a little bit later and we'll talk more about it, but but you don't, don't necessarily want to be a nurse for the rest of your life. Is that true? No. Um, this is just a, a stepping stone, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's something to fall back on. Right. You know, I want to open a music studio. That's my in game plan. That's fantastic. It's a good time for that. And we'll oh, talk yeah. more about that. I'm, I'm so excited um, that you have found these really interesting ways to achieve your dreams along the way in bite sized pieces, right? As you oh, go, yeah. which is so mm -hmm. important, right? Mm -hmm. um, I want to kick it over to Tracy. Tracy, how did you come to, to lead this effort at, at Goodwill, Excel Center? That is a great question. And, um, you know, it was a lot of research and experiences working with Goodwill. Mm -hmm. My background is in policy and I had focused a lot more around, um, you know, business type of issues. And um, as, as I came to Goodwill and started really seeing the people that were walking through Goodwill's doors, uh, definitely had a different lens came um, over, you know, my perspective. And, and what we realized is that the people who are working, walking through the doors of Goodwill, they were coming for help. They're coming for help with work. Um, but they all had something uh, in common. And that was the most of them did not, were, they, most of them were lacking education and job training. And so what employers were telling us is that that's what they need. And so what we looked at is how do we solve that? And the reality was there aren't a lot of options in Texas. And so uh, a sister Goodwill in Indiana uh, had just started a school. I went and visited it and I said, how do we do that in Texas? Mm -hmm. And so uh, that was about 10 years ago and we've gone through a tremendous policy journey to make that true. And we've had wonderful supporters who um, allowed us to start an adult high school. Again, um, you know, once you turn 26 in Texas, you cannot get your public high school diploma. Mm -hmm. and that is such a huge factor. We have we have over 4.4 million Texans with that high school diploma. Wow. 
Um, and when we start looking at how do we continue to be the best state economically, well, that's investing in a workforce and it's investing in their kids too. We know that uh, uh, a somebody with a high school diploma, their child is most likely going to stay in school. Mm-hmm. Somebody who um, does not have their high school diploma, the chance of their child dropping out is 50%. Wow. It's a flip of a coin. Mm. And, and do we want to take that chance with our kiddos? We're investing so much in education. We've seen the barriers, mm-hmm. particularly in the past year, to education, particularly for people who are marginalized or in lower socioeconomic. Well, that translates to their parents too. So how do we solve the poverty question? Mm-hmm. Um, it's investing in education, not just to K through 12, but in their parents. Mm-hmm. Is that the best way to pull kids out of poverty is to pull their parents mm-hmm. out of poverty? And so, uh, and policymakers saw that. And so they invested in us and are allowing us to do this work. Uh, it's meaningful, it's changing lives, and we need to continue to, to do that work on a grand scale. Mm-hmm. Like I said, 4.4 million people. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do it alone. Mm-hmm. This is going to take a village and an investment that we continue forward to help more adults get their education, get their job training, have options that stems to their development. And again, it, it, it reflects on their kiddos. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, Iris, you you started this effort um, how many years ago now? About two. Two years ago. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Tell me about how this has impacted your family and, and what do you see any changes with the, with your kiddos when you're talking with them? Any thoughts on that? Oh, yes. Um, they see, they've seen me uh-huh. these past two years overcome a lot. Uh-huh. You know, they've seen me. There's been days that I'll just cry uh-huh. doing homework and I'm crying uh-huh. because it's, it's getting tough, you know, and I'm ready to say forget it and I give up, you know. Uh-huh. But then I'm like, I can't. I have six little people looking at mm-hmm. me, you know, and if I don't do it now, then I can't do it for them later, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I don't want them looking at me saying, oh, well, you didn't graduate, you know, you didn't get your diploma. Why do I have to? Because that's it's it's more of a change, mm-hmm. you know. I changed my life around mm-hmm. to get my diploma, mm-hmm. to get my certification, to do what I have to do. Mm-hmm to make it possible for y'all mm-hmm. to do what y'all need to do. Mm. So, yes, it has been tough, but it's been worth it. That's amazing. I love that that approach, that two-generational approach. It's holistic. You see both the mom and dad who might need some help to achieve those dreams, but of course that inspires your family. Your mm-hmm. whole family is mm-hmm. impacted by your choices. Oh, yeah. My, all of my kids now are talking about how they're graduate in high school and they're going to go to college and they're going to be just like me and you know what what more can I ask for you know especially now showing them the right ways of doing Mm -hmm. things you know that makes a big difference on them yeah I don't think you can put a price tag on that yeah that's amazing I'm I'm so moved by that um I would love to hear a little bit more from you uh Tracy you know you you've mentioned already that you know um the Excel Center serves you know how, how many students right now 
Right. We have about 1,500 students. 1,500 students. Yes. And you mentioned, of course, 4.4 million Texans. At least, yes. At least. So that's the last census. That's before the new census. That was the last <laughs> census. So um, my guess is that's gone up. So that that's a lot of individuals that can really need, need these kinds of interventions. Um, we know that in addition to all the things you mentioned about children being more likely to graduate if their parents have a high school diploma. There's also all kinds of things that go along with not having your high school diploma, such as incarceration rates being higher and things of that nature. Yes, absolutely. Um, 63, according to TDCJ, 63% of people who are being incarcerated in Texas do not have their high school diploma. And right there is an, an easy way to start changing the whole conversation. The reality is that education, poverty, incarceration, they are all intertwined. Mm-hmm. So we have an opportunity to change the whole conversation by investing in this, um, and this idea of, of training, educating and training a workforce um, in a way that we've never done before and truly in a way that we could, we have the opportunity to be leaders across the country by doing this right in Texas. Well, we, we love that idea um, of stepping out and showing the way, right? So sometimes doing the right thing is just a matter of one person or one organization stepping out and saying, this can be done, right? And you can learn from what we've done and grow from it. And so in that, in that spirit, Tracy, tell me a little bit about some of the things you've learned along the way in the last 10 years and some things that you would like to see, um, you know, to, to overcome as future obstacles some things that you think that other people should be aware of, those kinds of things. Um more lessons than we have time to share for sure. sure. Uh, but I would I would say one that you know there's a lot of conversation around K through 12 education and it's important mm-hmm. um, and talking about kids is it makes people happy mm-hmm. right And I would say what I've learned is that their parents are just as important if not more because they're in their kids' lives every day. And so I have learned that we have to be willing to have tough conversations. And, and give people a second chances. People will say, oh, they had their chance. They blew it. Mm-hmm. They didn't blow it, mm-hmm. right? We failed them in so many ways as a society. And when they choose to step up and, and say, I want to make things better for me and my kids, we have to make sure the opportunities exist and we just don't have enough opportunities. So what I've learned is that we have to keep fighting for more opportunities for people, that we have to have a system that's designed for adults and makes coming back to school, it's not about being feeling shameful. Mm-hmm. It's not about a feeling less than, and it's not about, oh, if you don't wanna go to college, that the other options are also less than. Mm-hmm. When the reality is that if we design a system for adults, a high school system, not GD, not adult basic education, mm-hmm. but real high school education where somebody can learn critical thinking skills, mm-hmm. problem solving skills, soft skills, all those things employers want too, right? So that's what you learn in, in a classroom environment, in a high school environment, besides the academics. And and so, but if we can design for adults in mind to know that they need supports that a, a 14-year-old, a 15-year-old, 16-year-old, it's gonna look different. Mm-hmm. And we need to ensure that that's, that we're okay doing that work and that we make it possible from a regulatory perspective mm-hmm and not have those be barriers. I always say our job as a school is to take barriers away from our um, adult learners. And I would say that it would be great if if, if policymakers, if, if people out in the education space took the barriers away mm-hmm. for adults and again, create more training opportunities, more um, ways for them to engage in their education. And, uh, and that includes everything from funding 
uh, of how we're funded. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, um, I know it's a big conversation about uh, how schools are funded, but an adult sitting in a classroom 240 minutes a day, five days a week, that's how are they going to do their jobs? Right. And, and, and that's the thing is our students are, um, they're working mm-hmm. parents mm-hmm. for the most part. And so we have to design a system that acknowledges that, mm-hmm. that um, and, it, and it evaluates fairly and it gives them the opportunities that they need. We're definitely going to come back to that, Tracy, some of these regulatory issues you mentioned. I want to unpack those in a second. I wanted to come over and talk to you, Iris, about some of the specific ways you've noticed that the Excel Center has met your needs in terms of your schedule, in terms of other obstacles that you face that you may may have thought, hey, I can't go back to school because of X, Y, and Z, and how maybe Excel Center has kind of removed those those issues. Um, yeah, um, like traditional school, you go from... 7.30 till 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, with Excel, it's more of they work around your schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, you can still go to school in the evenings mm-hmm. or during the days, and you still have extra time. Like if you go, I go to school in the, in the evenings, mm-hmm. so I have all day. Mm-hmm. So I either work or kids or home doing laundry and cleaning the house. You know, it's, it's all it all works around my schedule, you know? And it's not time consuming. It's not, oh, I have to take time out of my kids' lives to go to go to school and do this. And it's not, it's nothing like that. How would you say the teachers at the Excel Center, you know, stand apart, say, from maybe prior experiences or just in, in general? They're very helpful. Very, very helpful. Um, if they see you struggling, they'll you know, of course, you reach out to them and they're they're willing to help you 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll explain everything. They'll walk you through each step of what you're supposed to be doing. And then they'll tell you, okay, well, let me see you do it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't get it, they'll help you. You know, it's not like, oh, well, you're going to get punished or you're going to get um, reprimanded in front of the whole school, in the front of the whole class. You know, it's it's not like that. It's just, it's an easy flow. It's it's good vibes, you know, it's, that's, that's all, I mean, it's just, it's amazing, you know. It sounds amazing. So it sounds like the, the teachers and the whole staff and the whole school's kind of built around y'all. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's great. But that's, that's a design element, right? That's intentional. That doesn't come coincidentally. Tracy, would you like to talk about that? Yeah, it, it doesn't. And, and I think that's one of the, again, when I look at lessons learned, you can't, Put a traditional curriculum, K through 12 curriculum, or high school curriculum, into an adult school. You really need to look at uh, adult learning uh, principles and think about how do you, you know, relevance is so important to adults. And and the, why am I doing this? And why does it matter? And so bringing that into the classroom, bringing uh, experiences, and acknowledging that just because somebody hasn't earned an English credit or an algebra credit doesn't mean they don't have experiences that they can draw on to learn more about that. And I think that that's really an important component of our school is making sure that a student feels, even though like, like uh, they feel like they can learn and there's value to it and it's gonna change their lives and that they already have these experiences that they didn't know they had, right? And, and when we talk about that, I, I teach a government class and talking about how, you know, their experiences um, with voting or this or that, things that like, oh yeah, this translates that way. And I think it's really important to do that and create a safe space for students to feel like they can learn and that there's so much they already do know mm-hmm. and what it means. Right. I love that. 
uh, let's continue along those lines. So what are some of the ways that, um, you know, the, the, the current system is set up that does not specifically have adult learners in mind? So this would be things like regulatory barriers or other things where you say, okay, yeah, I mean, K-12 is meant for kids from roughly five to 18 and their lives are very different than people 26 to right. 50. And so there's some assumptions built in, right? And sort of baked in to our whole system of um, basic education. So can you can you kind of walk us through some of those, those key obstacles that you see? Yes, um, the definitely the scheduling component. Again, that, that's this idea that students should be in a classroom from again eight in the morning. That's when I drop my kids off at school eight, I pick them up at four. And that's just not, that design is not appropriate for an adult learner. And so having, rethinking that, and I think that's the key to this all is, is saying that just because they're different doesn't mean they're not, um, we can't be held accountable, that they, they don't work, it's just we have to think differently. And, and so creating that flexible scheduling is a key part. Um, the other pieces are around um, assessment. How do you properly assess um, a, an adult student, right? There's, there's enough debate about K through 12 assessment, uh, let alone of what does that look like truly for an adult? Is it, is it STAR taking five STAR exams? Is that really truly gonna help an, an adult student meet their goals like Iris has talked about? Um, so I think it's, it's understanding what does success look like for an adult student, um, and it you know and that goes into you know how we're held accountable and the, those components there and, and looking at what is success again what does success look like when somebody goes and is making what we what we decide the math was two and a half times what they were making that's success right and so I think it's having taking a, a strong look at what what does that mean. Um, and, and and how we continue to do more of this based upon what makes sense. Again, it's, it's all about what makes sense. And, and, and again, this is a new concept to Texas. I mean, Texas does uh, adult basic education, GED. Really this idea of adult high school has never been done here. And so we're paving the way, we're paving the way so that others can do it because it's not just about us and it's, it's about those big numbers that need to be served. Uh, but we need people in, in part of this conversation who are willing to have to acknowledge that adults are different. We can't take it, it's just what we know. Right. We know K through 12. We know that traditional high school and we want to just apply it because that's what we know is what we're comfortable with. And I would say that we just we need to keep having uncomfortable conversations um, and move this forward. That's great. So, Iris, I want to ask you a little bit, you know, you've already mentioned some ways that the Excel Center has Already, already helped you achieve some some major um, accomplishments. It sounds to me like I want to talk to you a little bit about what your future plans are so and what you what you hope to springboard from here obstacles and that how maybe the Excel Center helped, helped you identify some of the steps. obstacles were um, the application for FAFSA. Mm -hmm. um, Ellen, the alumni coach, came and talked to us, um, and so it's just she's put us. Well, she told me there was a lot of different career paths that I could take. Mm -hmm. um, and she she told me about different colleges to go to, mm -hmm. to look into mm -hmm. and see which way I wanted to go. Um, and everything was, I mean, without even knowing and acknowledging it, it's already happening. You know what I mean? So it's not like it's, it's, um. It's just happening because you've got the right people in place to sort of encourage you. And, yeah. yeah, and not only that, it's just like 
you know, with with studying and going to school and all that, it's like everything's already setting itself up. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to school and everything else is just kind of like falling in its place. That's a great place to be, mm-hmm. right? It's, oh, yeah. Sometimes we, you know, especially if you've, you've faced some things in the past and you're just like, they all feel like a struggle and a challenge. It's amazing to be in a place in your life. Oh, yeah. Things are when the right people are around you and your the decisions are all coming together. So it sounds like you're in that spot. Mm-hmm. I am super exciting. I want to kick it over to, to Tracy to kind of wrap up on this um, larger question here. So tell me a little bit about how you you think that this uh, this current legislative session, you guys might start to chip away at that four point four million number. Uh, well, I, I definitely I'm hopeful that we're going to be able to do that. We have some great legislative champions, uh, and we're working with some really smart, committed uh, statewide education leaders to figure out how do we do more of this. Uh, We are um, uh, putting forth a bill that will really look at how do we create truly this model of adult education. And it's beyond the Excel Center. It it is what does adult education look like? And And it pulls in all of the lessons learned about assessment and um, accountability and structure and and all the things again that really acknowledge adult learners are different and that we're instead of continuing to, to put that s- square peg in a round hole and sometimes I feel like it's a triangle into you know a circle into like, it just it goes on and on and and so I think that what we're trying to do will um, remove a lot of those barriers and really this idea of a sustainable funding. And so instead of every two years coming to the legislature and asking for an investment, which we're really grateful that they've done um, and and grown that, um, and we've been successful, which is what the the intention was, right? It was to pilot a program to say, hey, this is worth investing and it works, it changes lives, and now let's make it bigger because the state needs us to. And so if we can create a sustainable um, funding stream for this, and, and grow the opportunities and, and, and really do chip away at that 4.4 million. There's some great folks out there who are committed to adults who want to do this work and we should create every opportunity for that to happen. Uh, and I think, frankly, I think it's more important. I've always thought it's important. For, you know, that's, this has been my work, but in the past year, I think it, it's clear how important it is. Um, the people who don't have their high school diplomas, who are struggling, uh, who need to be trained in the workforce, they are uh, primarily women, single moms. They are people of color. They are the people in the past year that we have seen um, really be hit by COVID. They're hit by these winter storms. And we have an opportunity now to, it, it's really instead of a handout, we have an opportunity to give them a hand up, really to give them the tools in order to um, create independence for themselves, their families, and to go, you know, so many of the people are are just trying to survive and what happens when we give them the opportunity to actually thrive. Uh, And I'd like to see that world. And I know a lot of legislators do. We've had great support by policymakers for the past, you know, 10 years. um, and And I hope that that continues. And again, the other leaders who are working in this field, I'm grateful to them and, and their commitment that, that it's, time to do to invest in this to do this hard messy work uh, because it matters that's great well that kind of brings me over to, to you iris and talking about why this matters right and so you know from you you have you've overcome so much and you're 
you're staring down so close to graduation. Uh, this it's coming May, May I heard May twenty eighth. Mm-hmm. I think is the, the big day. What advice would you give someone who maybe was in a similar situation to you before you started, and um, how would you encourage them? First and foremost, I would tell them just do it. You're not losing out on anything. If anything, you're gaining the rest of your life. You know, um, if you want to make a change, this is the first step. And right. you'll get to wherever you want to be. You just have to put in the effort to get through the school part, you know? Mm-hmm. You have to get through your schooling. Well, you are an inspiration to us and you're an inspiration to your kids and to, to many people around you, I can tell. Iris, just by talking to you today, and and Tracy, your work is inspiring to those of us who care about helping those in Texas who, um, you know, we shouldn't give up on. You're right. There's no reason to give up on on folks. We should always believe in them and their potential. And so thank you, ladies, for helping us to eliminate this very important work. And I hope that we have you on again soon. Thank you all so much. Thank Thank you. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Road to Recovery podcast. Life in a post-COVID economy will depend on the creative responses that are arising all around us. 